If you are a guest with us this morning, I pray that you have been blessed. Church family, I pray that you have been blessed. I'm excited that we're starting to incorporate not only our times of corporate prayer, but these times of corporate testimony. Um, Passages of Scripture that mean something. And now stories of God's faithfulness to us in difficult times. And that definitely goes along with where we have been as a church family over the last several weeks together as we have been uh, looking back in a time um, that uh, we have a, a series that we have uh, entitled um, uh, the, the Refocus Series. We've been looking back at the gospel of Jesus Christ together. And this morning, we're coming kind of to the, the culmination of that. We're looking back on that and, and looking forward as well. But if you're guest uh, with us, I do just want to say welcome. My name is Will. I get the privilege to serve as pastor here. Uh, I'd love for you, if you wouldn't mind, you should have gotten a Connect card either on your way in or uh, somewhere in the chairs around you. If you'd fill that out and leave it for us uh, when you're gone, uh, when you, on your way out today, we would love to know how it is that we can better connect with you in uh, ministry and, uh, and love on you there. Um, this morning is a day that we are going to celebrate together uh, the Lord's Supper. And every Sunday that we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we build to that moment. Um, and we take some time before we get there to remember what it is that, that uh, the, the Lord's Supper is meant to picture for us and in us. And so uh, just as a little bit of a gospel kind of look back and where we've been, uh, you can see here, um, you've been familiar with this, uh, hopefully a little bit um, in, in this time that we have looked together in this series that we have uh, called uh, Refocus, Looking on the Gospel, how all of the Bible from Genesis chapter 1 down through the end of the Bible, the very last chapter of the Bible is Revelation chapter 22, is telling one story. We've had and just heard testimonies about how God has proven himself faithful in the times of our brokenness. And that is the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the testimony of God's heart that God draws near to the brokenhearted and he heals their wounds. That's Psalm 34, 18. And it's repeated again in Psalm 147, 3, that God heals uh, the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. And all of the gospel is one story about how God has uh, entered into the brokenness of the world that we broke by our sin, that he might rescue us, that he might restore us, that he might bring us to something better. It's the story we said of Jesus Christ himself, who though he was equal with God, Philippians chapter 2, he emptied himself by taking on uh, the flesh of humanity and living, and he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. But because of his perfect righteous life and his um, uh, God brought, raised him from the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he was resurrected, and now he has ascended to the right hand of the Father where he sits waiting the day that um, he will return and make all things right. And that J-curve story of the gospel is not just the story of the Bible, the story of Jesus, it's our story. Uh, That we see God's good design, the way that we depart from that in sin and uh, into that brokenness where God pursues us by the power of the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin, that we can turn and trust in Jesus, receive him, and then he elevates us to the place of transformation. And then last week we looked at this picture right here of the ways that we as believers in Jesus Christ, true Christian maturity is a growing in awareness of God's holiness as well as a growing in an awareness of our sinfulness and the ways that we have a tendency to try to shrink the cross of Jesus Christ and try to do in our own strength what only God can do through Jesus Christ. And the way of Christianity is to grow in an an ever-increasing trust and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that no matter how holy God might get and our understanding of God's holiness might get, and no, no matter how low our understanding of ourselves might become in our sin, God is always faithful to bridge the gap in Jesus Christ. And now that we understand what has transpired and what has happened in our lives because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what we need to understand is that God raises us up, that he can send us out. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you, if you would, to look with me in the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through the end of that chapter is a powerful picture of what the gospel does. But I want to focus on some important verses that happen uh, there at the, uh, at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, where Paul makes this declaration, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we now look into your word and the privilege, the unique privilege that we have as your sons and daughters who have been adopted and transformed and create, made into new creations, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would so work in our hearts this mission that you have left to us that we would be compelled to leave this place, to go in your grace and in your mercy and into a world that is broken as your ambassadors, agents of salvation and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we might faithfully proclaim your, your grace, your mercy, and your love to a lost world who desperately needs you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your grace. I pray that you would work in our hearts now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. What we see in those verses of Scripture, and this is not going to be, again, one of your uh, typical kind of uh, a sermon. I just want this to actually feel almost like uh, some time in training. We've been here, we focused and, and refocused on the gospel of Jesus Christ over the last five weeks, and we've told this story from or Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22, and maybe you're a little bit overwhelmed. But the focus there is to, first and foremost, saturate myself in the identity that I have in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to tell other people about someone that I don't personally know. And someone who's not real to my life is somebody that I'm not going to be interested in talking about either. Someone who's a distant friend that I haven't seen in 25 years, spoken to, or even thought of in that amount of time is not somebody that is going to naturally flow into conversation about my life or throughout my life. But you know what? Who does flow into conversation in my life? It's my family. It's the people that I see on a regular basis. It's the people who are real to me. And so the purpose of refocusing on the gospel over the last several months is to first and foremost settle in our hearts God's love for me, God's love for you, his pursuit of you, and our need each and every single day to trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not because we've somehow lost a salvation that we at one point had, but because God calls us to grow up to grow up in a, uh, an understanding of the gospel and a dependence upon God. But what we see in this passage of Scripture is that as the new creatures, new creations in Christ, God has given something to us that is extremely important and powerful. 
God, if you are a born-again child of God because you have believed in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, guess what? You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have this tendency to think, who is the ministry, who are the ministers of the gospel? And we think immediately about those paid professional Christians like Pastor Mike and myself and others. But the truth of the matter is, according to Ephesians chapter 4, we have in some way moved a step away from the fields of active ministry because Paul says that he has raised up pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And according to this verse of Scripture, if you are in Christ, you are now given the ministry of reconciliation to go as an ambassador to Jesus Christ, to be someone who is so saturated and confident in this story for yourself that you're able to now go into the world and you're able to tell other people about him as well. So how do we then go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Maybe you have a particular tool, a track, or something that you like to use in your life, and, and that's great. There is no one silver bullet way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you use four spiritual laws. Maybe you lose t- two kingdoms. Maybe you lose the, the word, or you, you, not lose, you use the wordless book, which is the bracelet that I wear to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're clueless and you're like, I don't have a clue. If I was going to sit down, how do I take this story that we have been looking at from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 and in about three minutes tell that to somebody else? Somebody that I know, somebody that I love, how can I tell the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way? that is potentially compelling, and that is clear, and that hits all of the major points. And there's an evangelism tool that we received some training in a couple of weeks, I've been familiar with for years. It comes out of the North American Mission Board, and it's been adopted and, and changed and adapted in so many different ways, and that's the picture of three circles. And maybe you have seen this picture. Uh, we'll throw that up there. And this is the most simplistic or the simple um, picture of presentation of it. And you can be familiar with it. It's three circles that tell the story of the entire Bible and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it can be as simple as this. If you're not a big artist, I'm not a big artist. And the simpler you can keep it, the better. And you can add those words. But I like to tell the story of it in pictures. Because in, that, in one way, you can tell it to children. You can take it into an environment with somebody that maybe doesn't read or doesn't speak English. And so that's why I like the version that has pictures. And we're going to put the completed picture on the screen for you and for those that are at home. But I'm going to walk through this on my screen over here in just a few minutes to tell the entire story of the gospel so that you can take this and you can potentially use this in conversations in your life. I'd love to do more training. Maybe you're like, I like that, but I need more practice. I'd love to come to where you are. I'd love to come to your work. I'd love to come to your home. Set up some time where we can do this. But you can also go online and you can see multiple presentations of this. But we talked about just a few minutes ago, everyone was sharing stories and testimonies of God and how he has proven himself to them. And something that I noticed that was common in every single one of those stories is that God meets us most often in the place where we are, which is in a place of brokenness. We're surrounded right now by death and disease. The reality of death has hit our country, our nation, our world in a deeper way in the past, what, 18 plus months with COVID, and people are panicking. 
Because the truth of the matter is, as we look around in the world, we see death and disease. We see fighting. We see strife. We see doubt. We see depression. We see fear. And because of that, a word that we would use is to describe that is broken. That the world is broken, but what we know to be true inside of our heart, something that you and I talked about, is there's a longing in every single one of us for that place that's over the rainbow, a place where everything is right, where everything is good, where everything is, is perfect and holy, and it is a world that we don't experience but we long for. And what the Bible tells us is that world is the world that God originally created. It's a world that is characterized by perfection and love and peace and so much else. And that is the world that God created. It's a world that is characterized and ruled by God's perfect design. That's the world that we meet in Genesis chapter 2 and in Genesis chapter 3, where God in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 said, Behold, he saw everything that he made and he declared what? It is very good. But that's not the world that you and I experience and the reason for that is because as human beings, what we did is that we ran, we rebelled against God's good design, and we ran from Him. And this is what the Bible calls is sin. Any departure from God's good design and an attempt to do things in our own strength, in our own power, in our own design is a rejection of God. It's a rebellion against Him, and it is sin. And so we ran from God, we rebelled against God, and we ended up in this place of brokenness. And that's the place where you and I exist day in and day out. And that's broken because of our sin. The biggest consequence of our sin is death. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin, what sin deserves is death. Death is separation. Separation from your loved ones, but also separation from God. And as people are wrestling with the brokenness of the world that they have, what we see is that we are constantly trying to escape our brokenness. And we do that in any number of ways. Maybe we rely on money. Maybe we're looking for power, whether that's intellectual power, that's financial power, that's something else in our lives. We're trying to be enough, good enough, strong enough, smart enough. It's political power. If we can just control the world around us, we can make our situation better. Maybe it's an escape, right? Maybe what we're trying to do is escape through drugs or alcohol, even suicide. Is an attempt to escape the brokenness around us. But you know what? One that is particularly important for me and has been real in my life is religion. As I'm trying to do all the right things for God and make God happy in, with me and with my life. And I'm trying to have that perfect record. But what the Bible shows us and what is true in Romans chapter 1 verse 25 where it says that we've rejected God as he's revealed himself and instead we have started pursuing gods of our own design and our own creation. And every single attempt that we have to try to escape our brokenness in our strength only does one thing. It just ricochets us right back into more and more brokenness. And despite everything that we're doing and everything that we're trying to do, we cannot save ourselves, which is why we need someone else to save us. We need someone to rescue us from our sin. And that's the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the Bible, is that God saw us in our brokenness and he didn't leave us there. Instead, what he did is he came to us in our brokenness that he might rescue us from our brokenness. You see, the Bible tells us the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. God who came to the earth, where he lived a perfect and a spotless and a righteous life, where he did everything that you and I are expected to do, but we couldn't. He faced every single sin that you and I will ever be tempted with, and you know what? He never failed. 
Never once. And because of that, Romans chapter 6.23 doesn't apply to him, that the wages of sin is death. But nevertheless, Jesus Christ, in his grace and in his mercy, chose to take the punishment that you and I deserve for our sin, and he died on the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, what we just read, that he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. There was this great exchange that happened at the cross of Jesus Christ, where Jesus took our sin and he gave us his righteousness. And Jesus then, because of his faithfulness and God's grace and his plan, didn't stay dead, but instead he rose from the grave and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says that he is now waiting to one day come back and completely restore God's good design. But right now, as he is waiting, Jesus Christ is working through the power of the Holy Spirit, one heart, one life at a time, to transform individuals, to save them from their brokenness, to rescue them. And the Bible says the way that we rescue is, or we are rescued is we stop running from God, and instead what we do is we surrender. The Bible says that if we will turn from our sins, sorry, that's really sloppy. If we will turn from our sins, and if we will put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we'll be saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will turn from your sin, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved and by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is he transforms us so that we are no longer broken, but instead, according to 2 Corinthians, we're what? New creations in Christ. Able to and free to now pursue God in his goodness and in his good design. We are now freed to grow in his goodness and in his grace and in his mercy to grow up and to know him more and experience more and more and more the influx of God's good design into our lives. But here is the other thing. What else does God do? He now invites us, calls us, commands us to go back into a broken world as new creations and as ambassadors that we might see others saved. So let me ask you, church family, where are you in this picture? Are you over here where you're still trying to rely on your religion? You're seeking political power or anything else, trusting in this world and the kingdoms of this world to do what only Jesus Christ can do? Maybe you're at this place where you're turning and you're trusting, but you know what? I'm not really growing, and I'm definitely not going. The go is a command. You have been given a ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you, are, you in, are you surrendered to the plan and the mission that God has for you, or are you rejecting God's good design in something of your own way in life? The good news of the gospel is that wherever you are, if you will turn from your sin and turn from yourself and trust in Jesus Christ, you'll be saved, transformed, and given absolutely everything you need. I can't go and tell somebody this. I can't share this. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Absolutely everything that you need is in you if you are a child of God. Why? Because the Bible says that if you are saved, you are the residence of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in every single child of God. So guess what? If the power that raises someone from the dead is living in you, do you lack anything 
that you need to go and to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ, to grow up in God's good design for you and for your life and for others. No. No, you don't. The problem isn't that you don't have it. The problem might be you're just disconnected from it, from actually not it, him. And the Bible invites you again to turn and to trust, to believe. Express and activate your belief and your trust in Jesus Christ. Faith can be defined as by three simple words, hearing, believing, and obeying. And there are a lot of Christians in this room and in this world that they've heard and they've believed, but they're still standing back on that ledge and they're refusing to jump. My child who's standing on the side of the pool, when I hold my arms out and I say, Emerson, jump, I will catch you. He can hear it and he can believe it, but if he doesn't exercise his faith by jumping in obedience to let me catch him, he will never experience my embrace. And you know what? It's in the scary spaces that you fellowship most sweetly with the Spirit. As long as you're doing what you are comfortable with, you don't need Jesus and you don't need his Spirit. But when you step out in faith and trust, doing something that is bigger than yourself, that's when you experience the power and the grace and the mercy of God. So I'd ask you, church family, I'd ask you, friends, where are you? Maybe you're still over here, and you know what? I'm trapped in this world of brokenness, and I've been trusting in my religion. I've been trusting in my church attendance. I've been trusting in my power and myself in my own record of righteousness. I'm a good person, pastor. It's okay. God's standard isn't good, brother or sister. Sir, madam, God's standard isn't good. God's standard is perfect. If you are not perfect, you're not good enough. Only Jesus Christ is. And only someone who has fully surrendered to him, who has believed in the good news of the gospel, is someone who is brought by him into the presence of God, and not in our power and strength. That's the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a tool that you can take. You can go and you can Google three circles gospel presentation and you can listen to guys who are far more practiced at it than me. But this is something that you can sit down with somebody at a coffee table with a napkin and you can draw this on there and you can ask them that simple question, where are you? And if you're here this morning and you're off over there in the world of brokenness, my invitation to you is turn to Jesus Christ. Stop trusting in yourself, your record of righteousness and anything else and instead simply believe in Jesus. Cry out to him and ask his grace and mercy. Ask him to forgive you for the ways that you have rejected his good design and are trying to do it on your own. And instead work in your heart to transform you that you might become this new creation in him. If you're here today and you're, you are a child of God, but maybe you're still wrestling in your own strength and you're with your own sin instead of fully, living a life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. I'm not growing. This is just something that is, is there, and it's something that I need to take more seriously, then I would invite you, whether you're home or whether you're here, turn to Jesus. Find in him someone who is gentle and lowly of heart and who is ready to wrap you in his arms, to wash you in his grace and his mercy, and grow you up by his power and not your own. I'm going to invite you, if you would, take a moment and seriously, in prayer, go before the Holy Spirit and ask, where am I? Am I experiencing God's perfect and good design and his grace and his mercy in my life? Or am I struggling to deal with my brokenness? And invite him and ask, how do you need to respond to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ today? We'll have a time of reflection and song, and then we will partake in the Lord's Supper together. But take a moment and pray, and I'll come back and I'll close this in a second.